Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, January the 25th, and welcome to our commentary. Well, we want to get into a couple of things today. We want to talk a little bit about Mexico. I have a post about that over at the American Thinker, but I got to begin with Texas. Texas is in the news big time today. As as you know, Governor Abbott uh, has written or made a statement uh, defending what Texas is doing. He's basically saying if the federal government is not going to do its job, we're going to have to do it. And this has created quite a controversy because I think he's put the White House in a very difficult situation. I'm not exactly sure how the White House is going to react to this. Now, first of all, there is no Supreme Court opinion about what is happening on the border. People keep talking about, you know, that uh, Abbott or Governor Abbott is violating or not respecting a Supreme Court opinion. He's not doing that because there is no opinion. The way that uh, all that the Supreme Court basically did was to send this back to the lower courts and uh, and then say, you know, we'll, we will give an opinion later. But they haven't written a final opinion than this. There is no opinion Texas versus Department of Justice or something like that uh, with respect to the border. I guess this would be Texas versus or Department of Justice versus Texas, whatever. There's no opinion like that. So the governor has not violated or failed to enforce or failed to respect any Supreme Court order because there isn't one uh, at the moment. Uh, and that's a technical point that I think has to be made because the same people who are going, you know, are up in arms about the fact that the governor of Texas is not respecting a Supreme Court opinion. These are the same people who apparently have no problem with President Biden, you know, cutting uh, loans for people or canceling loans for people when the Supreme Court said he couldn't do it. So that's, uh, you know, I like to hear that inconsistency being reflected a little bit more. These are also the same people who had no trouble uh, defending sanctuary cities or cities where, you know, local governments basically did not have to follow uh, immigration law. So there's a lot of inconsistency, a lot of hypocrisy, as you would expect. But I think that uh, Governor uh, Abbott has really put the Biden administration in a very difficult position because what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to send the troops over down into Texas and physically force the National Guard to move or take over these places and then cut the wires and watch people come in? Is that what they're going to do? Or are they going to wait for the Supreme Court opinion uh, that hopefully will come soon? What happens if the Supreme Court rules that Texas is right? And again, Texas has a very strong constitutional case here. Uh, if you read the letter that the governor uh, issued, Texas has a very strong constitutional foundation for what they are, are saying. So it, I, I think the governor has put the administration in a very difficult place, very difficult place. I'm just, I don't know if the administration thought this through when they decided to request the emergency ruling from uh, or the emergency action from the Supreme Court. I'm not sure if they thought this through, the, you know, what this is going to, to do. And of course, the argument that Texas is making is that when the Constitution was written, uh, the states were protected from a, a lawless president. I mean, if you have a country and you have states and you have a president who chooses to enforce this law, but not that law, and the law that he doesn't enforce puts a 
disadvantage or puts a, a cost or a, comes at a disadvantage for a state, doesn't that state have the right to say, we will defend ourselves? I mean, it, it is, it is, I think, a very strong point that the governor is making, but it isn't just on the constitutional grounds that he has a strong case. I think he's got a strong political case because the last thing that the Biden administration wants to be doing is talking about the border. Uh, I don't care what poll you look at, you know, whatever, whatever poll you want to look at, when you ask people about their support for what President Biden is doing on the border, he's down minus 20, minus 30, you know, even more in other in other polls. So this is a very bad topic for the administration, what is happening on the border. So if the administration wants to send troops to Texas to remove the National Guard and basically open the border to more people, I don't think they want to do that because I think they understand that that would be politically very difficult. So again, the administration created this problem when they reversed some of the uh, some of the Trump policies, like Remain in Mexico, for example, a policy that was working well. The administration reversed those policies, and they created this problem. And they've allowed this problem to continue to the point that there are now seven, eight, whatever the number is, millions of people in the United States. And these people are not in a very healthy situation because they cannot work, that you cannot give them a work permit because of their unique uh, situation. They're waiting for a judge to hear their case, but in some cases it could be years. So, I mean, if we were looking at these cases, in other words, if these people were coming in, as happened during the, uh, as used to happen in the past, that is, a judge would look at their case and say, yes, you qualify for asylum. So they come in and they can work while their asylum case uh, is being processed or whatever. But in this case, they're coming in and nobody thought about the, what these people were going to do and where they were going to work. I mean, this is insanity, what we're what we're seeing on the border. And I, as I've said before in some of these videos, I speak to you as an immigrant. I came here with my parents many, many years ago, but I came here with my parents and we came here from Cuba. And when we came into the United States, there was an orderly process for us to come in. And quickly, my father was, was able to work after we came because there was a process. There was a system in place that understood that if you're going to bring in people, you got to do it in an orderly way. So I think Texas is winning this battle, certainly in the battle of public relations. And you're seeing many other states showing their support for Texas. And I also think I also think that what's happening in Texas is frankly killing any chance of a legislative solution uh, in the Senate or in the Congress, because I think a lot of the legislators are saying, no, we're not going to participate in this unless you can fix uh, the border and fix it in a permanent way. So what a mess, what a mess. But then another example of what happens when you don't think properly, when you don't do things properly, and when you put chaos over order. Chaotic situations are never going to be good for the country. And that's why immigration has to be orderly. There has to be a process and people have to respect that process uh, when they came here. And, you know, I'll say one more thing. When I think of all this stuff happening on the border and these people who are coming in, what about the two or three million people in line right now to come legally into the country? What about the people who have followed the law who are waiting for their turn to come into the country? What do you say to those people? I mean, what do you say to those people? And I happen to know a situation 
where a friend of mine here in the Dallas area has a sister on that list. And she's been on that list for a while because, you know, all the paperwork takes time and all the documentation takes time. And I'm sure her sister must be on that list looking at what's happening on the border and wondering what's the point of respecting the law. People who follow the law and respect the law have to do this longer, whereas people who come in through the border get uh, this pass to a judge. I mean, it's it's insanity. It's total insanity what we're seeing, what we're seeing on the border. And I would love to see the Supreme Court rule in favor of Texas, not because I want Texas to win, but because I want the Constitution to win. And I, more importantly than that, I want to remind every president that they have to enforce the laws on the books. They don't get to choose. I like this one or I don't like that one. That's not the way it works. They have to enforce the law as it is. So amazing story. That's all I can tell you. An amazing story about what's happening here in Texas and on the border. But I got to tell you, Governor Abbott is doing a great job. I congratulate him on the job that he's doing. Let's talk a little bit about Mexico. I've got a post, a couple of posts over at American Thinker about Mexico. Mexico is going to have elections in July. They will have a new president this summer. And of course, the new president will take over next December. It looks that uh, the new president of Mexico is going to be a woman. And that is Claudia Shubam, I think is her last, uh, her last name. And she was uh, the mayor or the governor of the state of Mexico or the state of Mexico. I'm not exactly sure whether it's a mayor or the governor. But, uh, you know, she had an important job. She is from the party of Lopez Obrador and, by all accounts, a disciple of Lopez Obrador. But the real problem in Mexico is not the election. The real problem in Mexico is that a lot of people are concerned that uh, Mexican democracy has come under threat by this current president, Lopez Obrador. And the real threat that or people fear is not that he's going to stay as president. I mean, they understand that he's going to transition to the new president. But the real fear is that he sticks around and he doesn't go off the front page. This is a man who loves publicity. He loves being on the front page. He loves doing press conferences. So the real question is, is he going to disappear and let the new president uh, govern the country. Probably on paper, he will, but he's always going to be around, and that's the big problem. That's what people fear, that he's going to be around. They also fear that the new president is a puppet of Lopez Obrador, and they fear that because of what Lopez Obrador has tried to do to Mexican democracy. So it's going to be a difficult year for Mexico, that much I, I can tell you, and of course that has an impact on the United States uh, as well. Well, on this day in history, very quickly here, we remember on this day, 1978, and the number one album in the United States on this day in 1978 was the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever. It went on to sell 30 million copies. It's still one of the best-selling records uh, even today. I mean, it sells, I understand it sells like 50 or 100,000 copies every year, uh, so many years later. But uh, it was a good, a good album, good music, good dancing music from the, from the movie. The most of the songs, of course, by the Bee Gees. Forty-six years ago today, many of us were listening to that album. What uh, I tell you, time flies. That's all I can tell you. Time flies. Forty-six years ago, I, I, I'm just startled to think about how long ago that was, and yet it, it feels like if it was just uh, yesterday. 
Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.